Act One of Romeo and Juliet. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare. Act One. Dramatis Personae. Romeo, read by M. B. Juliet, read by Beth Thomas. Nurse, read by Ariel Lipshaw. Lady Capulet. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Capulet. Read by John Trevithick. Friar Lawrence. Read by Denny Sayers. Benvolio. Read by Marcy. Paris. Read by Libby Gone. Mercutio. Read by Eden Ray Hedrick. Tybalt. Read by Grace Garrett. Montague. Read by Alan Mapstone. Stage directions read by Laurie Ann Walden. Prince Aeschylus, read by Algie Pug. Balthazar, read by Ethan Hartman. Servant to Capulet, read by Sally McConnell. First Citizen, read by Ethan Hartman. Peter, read by Todd. First Servant, read by Algie Pug. Second Servant, read by Lynn Silva. Third Servant, read by Kimberly Krause. Second Capulet, read by Todd. First Musician, read by Beth Thomas. Second Musician, read by Wupperhippo. Third Musician, read by J.J. Wasman. Apothecary, read by Beth Thomas. Friar John, read by Wupperhippo. Page, read by Todd. First Watchman. Read by James Silverstein. Second Watchman. Read by Ipa Gonzalez. Samson. Read by James Silverstein. Gregory. Read by Ipa Gonzalez. Abraham. Read by Wupahipo. Lady Montague. Read by Loveday. Prologue. Two households, both alike in dignity, in fair Verona, where we lay our scene from ancient grudge break to new mutiny where civil blood makes civil hands unclean from forth the fatal loins of these two foes a pair of star-crossed lovers take their life whose misadventured piteous overthrows do with their death bury their parents strife the fearful passage of their death-marked love and the continuance of their parents rage which but their children's end naught could remove is now the two hours traffic of our stage the which if you with patient ears attend what here shall miss our toil shall strive to mend scene one verona a public place enter samson and gregory of the house of capulet armed with swords and bucklers gregory o oh my word will not carry coals no for then it would be coolius i mean and we be in collar will draw nay while you live draw your neck out of the collar i strike quickly being moved but thou art not quickly moved to strike a dog of the house of montague moves me to move is to steer and to be valiant is to stand therefore if thou art moved thou runnest away a dog of that house shall move me to stand i will take the wall of any man or maid of montague's that shows thee a weak slave, for the weakest goes to the wall. True, 
and therefore women, being the weaker vessels, are ever thrust to the wall. Therefore I will push Montague's men from the wall, and thrust his maids to the wall. The quarrel is between our masters, and us their men. Tis all one. I will show myself a tyrant. When I have fought with the men, I will be cruel with the maids, and cut off their heads. The heads of the maids? Aye, the heads of the maids. Or their maiden heads? Take it in what sense thou wilt. They must take it in sense that feel it. Me they shall feel while I am able to stand, and tis known I am a pretty piece of flesh. Tis well thou art not fish, if thou hadst. Thou hadst been poor, John. Draw thy tool. Here comes to the house of the Montagues. My naked weapon is out. Quarrel, I will back thee. How? Turn thy back and run? Fear me not. Now, Mary, I fear thee. Let us take the law of our sides. Let them begin. I will frown as I pass by, and let them take it as they list. Nay, as they dare. I will bite my thumb at them, which is a disgrace to them if they bear it. Enter Abraham and Balthazar. Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? I do bite my thumb, sir. Do you bite your thumb at us, sir? Aside to Gregory. Is the law of our side if I say I? No. No, sir. I do not bite my thumb at you, sir. But I bite my thumb, sir. Do you quarrel, sir? Quarrel, sir? No, sir. If you do, sir, I am for you. I serve as good a man as you. No better. Well, sir. Say better. Here comes one of my master's kinsmen. Yes. Better, sir. You lie. Draw, if you be men. Gregory, remember thy swashing blow. They fight. Enter Benvolio. Part, fools! Put up your swords. You know not what you do. Beats down their swords. Enter Tybalt. What, art thou drawn among these heartless hinds? Turn thee, Benvolio, look upon thy death. I do but keep the peace. Put up thy sword, or manage it to part these men with me. What, drawn and talk of peace? I hate the word. As I hate hell, all Montagues and thee, have at thee, coward. They fight. Enter several of both houses who join the fray. Then enter citizens with clubs. Clubs, bills, and partisans, strike, beat them down, down with the Capulets, down with the Montagues. Enter Capulet in his gown, and Lady Capulet. What noise is this? Give me my longsword, ho! A crutch, a crutch. Why call you for a sword? My sword, I say, old Montague is come, and flourishes his blade in spite of me. Enter Montague and Lady Montague. Thou villain Capulet, hold me not, let me go. Thou shalt not stir a foot to seek a foe. Enter Prince with attendants. Rebellious subjects, enemies to peace, profaners of this neighbour stained steel. Will they not hear? What ho! You men, you beasts, that quench the fire of your pernicious rage with purple fountains issuing from your veins on pain of torture from those bloody hands throw your mistempered weapons to the ground and hear the sentence of your moved prince three civil brawls bred of an airy word by thee old capulet and montague 
have thrice disturbed the quiet of our streets and made verona's ancient citizens cast by their grave beseeming ornaments to wield old partisans in hands as old cankered with peace to part your cankered hate if ever you disturb our streets again your lives shall pay the forfeit of the peace for this time all the rest depart away you capulet shall go along with me and montague come you this afternoon to know our further pleasure in this case to old freetown our common judgment place once more on pain of death all men depart exeunt all but montague lady montague and benvolio who set this ancient quarrel to new approach speak nephew were you by when it began here were the servants of your adversary and yours close fighting ere i did approach i drew to part them in the instant came the fiery tybalt with his sword prepared which as he breathed defiance to my ears he swung about his head and cut the winds who nothing hurt with all his his in scorn while we were interchanging thrusts and blows came more and more and fought on part and part till the prince came who parted either part oh where is romeo saw you him to-day right glad i am he was not at this fray madam an hour before the worshipped sun peered forth the golden window of the east a troubled mind drave me to walk abroad where underneath the grove of sycamore that westward rooteth from the city's side so early walking did i see your son towards him i made but he was ware of me and stole into the covert of the woods i measuring his affection by my own that most are busied when they're most alone pursued my humour not pursuing his and gladly shunned who gladly fled from me many a morning hath he there been seen with tears augmenting the fresh morning's dew adding to clouds more clouds with his deep sighs but all so soon as the all-cheering sun should in the furthest east begin to draw the shady curtains from aurora's bed away from light steals home my heavy sun and private in his chamber pens himself shuts up his windows locks fair daylight out and makes himself an artificial night black and portentous must his humour prove unless good counsel may the cause remove my noble uncle do you know the cause i neither know it nor can learn of him have you importuned him by any means both by myself and many other friends but he his own affections counsellor is to himself i will not say how true but to himself so secret and so close so far from sounding in discovery as is the bud bit with an envious worm ere he can spread his sweet leaves to the air or dedicate his beauty to the sun could we but learn from whence his sorrows grow we would as willingly give cure as know enter romeo see where he comes so please you step aside i'll know his grievance or be much denied i would thou wert so happy by thy stay to hear true shrift come madam let's away exeunt montague and lady montague good morrow cousin is the day so young but new struck nine ay me 
sad hours seem long was that my father that went hence so fast it was what sadness lengthens romeo's hours not having that which having makes them short in love out of love out of her favour where i am in love alas the love so gentle in his view should be so tyrannous and rough in proof alas that love whose view is muffled still should without eyes see pathways to his will where shall we dine oh me what fray was here yet tell me not for i have heard it all here's much to do with hate but more with love why then oh brawling love oh loving hate oh anything of nothing first create oh heavy lightness serious vanity misshapen chaos of well-seeming forms feather of lead bright smoke cold fire sick health still waking sleep that is not what it is this love feel i that feel no love in this dost thou not laugh no cuz i rather weep good heart at what at thy good heart's oppression why such is love's transgression griefs of mine own lie heavy in my breast which thou wilt propagate to have it pressed with more of thine this love that thou hast shown doth add more grief to too much of mine own love is a smoke raised with the fume of sighs being purged of fires sparkling in lovers eyes being vexed a sea nourished with lovers tears what is it else a, a madness most discreet a choking gall and a preserving sweet farewell my cousin soft i will go along and if you leave me so you do me wrong tot i i have lost myself i'm not here this is not romeo he's some other where tell me in sadness who is that you love what shall i groan and tell thee groan why no but sadly tell me who ah, bid a sick man in sadness make his will ah word ill urged to one that is so ill ah, in sadness cousin i do love a woman i am so near when i supposed you loved oh, all right good markman and she's fair i love a right fair mark fair cuz is soonest hit well in that hit you miss she'll not be hit with cupid's arrow she hath diane's wit and in strong proof of chastity well armed from love's weak childish bow she lives unharmed she will not stay the siege of loving terms nor bide the encounter of assailing eyes nor hope her lap to saint seducing gold she is rich in beauty only poor that when she dies with beauty dies her store then she hath sworn that she will still live chaste she hath and in that sparing makes huge waste for beauty starved with her severity cuts beauty off from all posterity she's too fair too wise wisely too fair to merit bliss by making me despair she hath forsworn to love and in that vow do i live dead that live to tell it now be ruled by me forget to think of her oh teach me how i should forget to think by giving liberty unto thine eyes examine other beauties tis the way to call her as exquisite in question more these 
happy masks that kiss fair ladies' brows, being black, put us in mind they hide the fair. He that is struck and blind cannot forget the precious treasure of his eyesight lost. Show me a mistress that is passing fair. What doth her beauty serve? But as a note where I may read who passed that passing fair. Farewell, thou canst not teach me to forget. I'll pay that doctrine, or else die in debt. Exeunt. Scene two. A street. Intercapulet, Paris, and servant. But Montague is bound as well as I, in penalty alike. And tis not hard, I think, for men so old as we to keep the peace. Of honourable reckoning are you both, and pity tis you lived at odds so long. But now, my lord, what say you to my suit? But saying o'er what I have said before, my child is yet a stranger in the world. She hath not seen the change of fourteen years. Let two more summers wither in their pride, ere we may think her ripe to be a bride. Younger than she are happy mothers made. And too soon marred are those so early made. The earth hath swallowed all my hopes but she. She is the hopeful lady of my earth. But woo her gentle Paris, get her heart. My will to her consent is but a part. And she agree, within her scope of choice lies my consent and fair according voice. This night I hold an old accustomed feast whereto I have invited many a guest such as I love, and you among the store one more most welcome makes my number more. At my poor house, look to behold this night earth-treading stars that make dark heaven light, such comfort as do lusty young men feel when well-apparelled April on the heel of limping winter treads, even such delight among fresh female buds shall you this night inherit at my house. Hear all, all see, and like her most, whose merit most shall be, which, on more view, of many mine being one, may stand in number, though in reckoning none. Come, go with me. To servant, giving a paper. Go, sirrah, trudge about through fair Verona, find those persons out whose names are written there, and to them say, My house and welcome, on their pleasure stay. Exeunt, Capulet, and Paris. Find them out whose names are written here. It is written that the shoemaker should meddle with his yard, and the tailor with his last, the fisher with his pencil, and the painter with his nets. But I am sent to find those persons whose names are here writ, and can never find what names the writing person hath here writ. I must to the learned, in good time. Enter Benvolio and Romeo. Tut, man, one fire burns out another's burning. One pain is lessened by another's anguish. Turn giddy, and be hope by backward turning. One desperate grief cures another's languish. Take thou some new infection to thy eyes, and the rank poison of the old will die. Your plantain leaf is excellent for that. For what, I pray thee? For your broken shin? Why, Romeo, art thou mad? Not mad, but bound more than a madman is. Shut up in prison, kept without my food, whipped and tormented, and good England fellow. God, Guy Godden, I pray, sir, can you read? I am an unfortunate in my misery. Perhaps you have learned it without book, but 
I pray, can you read anything you see? Ah, if I know the letters and the language. Ye say honestly. Rest you, Mary. Ah, stay, fellow, I can read. Read. Signor Martino and his wife and daughters, County Anselm and his beauteous sisters, the lady widow of Vitravio, Signor Placentio and his lovely nieces, Mercutio and his brother Valentine, mine uncle Capulet, his wife and daughters, my fair niece Rosaline, Livia, Signor Valentio and his cousin Tybalt, Lucio and the lively Helena. A fair assembly. Whither should they come? Up. Whither? To supper. To our house. Whose house? My master's. Oh, indeed, I should have asked you that before. Now I'll tell you without asking. My master is the great rich Capulet. And if you be not of the house of Montagues, I pray come and crush a cup of wine. Rest you, Mary. Exit. At the same ancient feast of Capulets, sups the fair Rosalie, whom thou so lovest, with all the admired beauties of Verona. Go thither, and with untainted eye, compare her face with some that I shall show, and I will make thee think thy swan a crow. When the devout religion of mine eye maintains such falsehood, then turn tears to fires, and these, who often drowned could never die, transparent heretics be burnt for liars. One fairer than my love? The all-seeing sun ne'er saw her match since first the world begun. Tut, you saw her fair, none else being by, herself poised with herself in either eye, but in that crystal scale let there be weighed your lady's love against some other maid's that i will show you at this shining feast and she shall scant show well that now shows best i'll go along no such sight to be shown but to rejoice in splendour of mine own exeunt scene three a room in capulet's house enter lady capulet and nurse nurse where's my daughter call her forth to me now by my maidenhead at twelve year old i bade her come what lamb what ladybird god forbid where's this girl what juliet enter juliet how now who calls your mother madam i am here what is your will this is the matter nurse give leave a while we must talk in secret uh, nurse come back again i have remembered me thou'st hear our counsel Thou knowest my daughter's of a pretty age. Faith, I can tell her age unto an hour. She's not fourteen. I'll lay fourteen of my teeth, and yet to my teeth be it spoken I have but four. She is not fourteen. How long is it now to Lammastide? A fortnight and odd days. Even or odd of all days in the year, come Lammas Eve at night shall she be fourteen. Susan and she, God rest all Christian souls, were of an age. Well, Susan is with God, she was too good for me. But, as I said, on Lammas Eve at night shall she be fourteen. That shall she, Mary, I remember it well. Tis since the earthquake now eleven years. And she was weaned, I never shall forget it, of all the days of the year upon that day. 
for I had then laid wormwood to my dug, sitting in the sun under the dove-house wall. My lord and you were then at Mantua. Nay, I do bear a brain, but as I said, when it did taste the wormwood on the nipple of my dug, and felt it bitter, pretty fool, to see it tetchy and fall out with the dug. Shake, quoth the dove-house, t'was no need, I trow, to bid me trudge. And since that time it is eleven years, for then she could stand alone. Nay, by the rood, she could have run and waddled all about, for even the day before she broke her brow. And then my husband, God be with his soul, who was a merry man, took up the child. Yea, quoth he, dost thou fall upon thy face? Thou wilt fall backward when thou hast more wit. Wilt thou not, Jewel? And by my holiday, the pretty wretch left crying and said, I, to see now how a jest shall come about, I wore it, and I should live a thousand years, I never should forget it. Wilt thou not, Jewel, quoth he, and pretty fool, it stinted and said, I. Enough of this. I pray thee hold thy peace. Yes, madam. Yet I cannot choose but laugh to think it should leave crying and say, I. And yet I warrant it had upon its brow a bump as big as a young cockerel's stone, a parlous knock, and it cried bitterly. Yea, quoth my husband, fallst upon thy face, thou wilt fall backward when thou comest to age, wilt thou not, Jewel? It stinted and said, I. And stint thou too, I pray thee, nurse, say I. Peace, I have done. God mark thee to his grace. Thou wast the prettiest babe that e'er I nursed and I might live to see thee married once. I have my wish. Marry, that marry, is the very theme I came to talk of. Tell me, daughter Juliet, how stands your disposition to be married? It is an honour that I dream not of. An honour? Were I not thine only nurse, I would say thou hadst sucked wisdom from thy teat. Well, think of marriage now. Younger than you, here in Verona, ladies of esteem are made already mothers. By my count, I was your mother much upon these years that you were now a maid. Thus, then, in brief, the valiant Paris seeks you for his love. A man, young lady, lady, such a man as all the world, why, he's a man of wax. Verona's summer hath not such a flower. Nay, he's a flower, in faith a very flower. What say you? Can you love the gentleman? This night you shall behold him at our feast. Read o'er the volume of young Paris's face, and find delight writ there with beauty's pen. Examine every married lineament, and see how one another lends content, and what obscured in this fair volume lies find written in the margent of his eyes. This precious book of love, this unbound lover, to beautify him only lacks a cover. The fish lives in the sea, and tis much pride for fair without the fair within to hide. That book in many's eyes doth share the glory, that in gold clasps locks in the golden story. So shall you share all that he doth possess, by having him making yourself no less. No less, nay, bigger, women grow by men speak briefly can you like of paris's love i'll look to like if looking liking move but no more deep will i endart mine eye than your consent gives strength to make it fly enter a servant madam the guests are come supper served up you called my young lady asked for 
the nurse cursed in the pantry and everything in extremity i must hence to wait i beseech you follow straight we follow thee exit servant juliet the county stays go girl seek happy nights to happy days exeunt scene four a street enter romeo mercutio benvolio with five or six maskers torch-bearers and others what shall this speech be spoke for our excuse or shall we on without apology the date is out of some proxility we'll have no cupid hoodwinked with a scarf bearing a tartar's painted bow of lathe scaring the ladies like a crow-keeper nor know without book prologue faintly spoke after the prompter for our entrance but let them measure us by what they will we'll measure them a measure and be gone give me a torch i'm not for this ambling being but heavy i will bear the light nay gentle romeo we must have you dance <laughs> not i believe me you have dancing shoes with nimble soles i, I have a soul of lead so stakes me to the ground i, I cannot move <laughs> you are a lover borrow cupid's wings and soar with them above a common bound i'm too sore impierced with his shaft to soar with his light feathers and so bound i cannot bound a pitch above dull woe under love's heavy burden do i sink and to sink in it should you burden love too great oppression for a tender thing is love a tender thing it is too rough too rude too boisterous and it pricks like thorn if love be rough with you be rough with love prick love for pricking and you beat love down give me a case to put my visage in a visor for a visor what care i what curious eye doth quote deformities here are the beetle brows shall blush for me come knock and enter and no sooner in but every man betake him to his legs a torch for me let wantons light of heart tickle the senseless rushers with their heels for i'm proverbed with a grandsire phrase i'll be a candle-holder and look on the game was ne'er so fair and i am done tut done's the mouse the constable's own word if thou art done we'll draw thee from the mire of this sir reverence love wherein thou sickest up to the years come we burn daylight ho nay that's not so i mean sir in delay we waste our lights in vain like lamps by day take our good meaning for our judgment sits five times in that air once in our five wits and we mean well in going to this mask but tis no wit to go why may one ask i dreamed a dream to-night and so did i well what, what was yours that dreamers often lie in bed asleep while they do dream things true oh then i see queen mab hath been with you she is the fairy's midwife and she comes in shape no bigger than an agati stone on the forefinger of an alderman drawn with a team of little atomies athwart men's noses as they lie asleep her wagon spokes made of long spiders legs the cover of the wings of grasshoppers the traces of the smallest spider's web the collars of the moonshine's watery beams her whip of cricket's bone the lashes film her wagoner a small grey-coated gnat not so big as round little worm pricked from the lazy finger of a maid her chariot is an empty hazelnut made by the joiner squirrel or old grub time out of mind the fairy's coachmakers and in this state she gallops night by night through lovers brains and then they dream of love or courtiers knees that dream on curtsies straight or lawyers fingers who straight dream on fees or ladies lips who straight on kisses dream 
we chalk the angry mab with blisters plagues because their breath with sweetmeats tainted are sometimes she gallops o'er a courtier's nose and then dreams he of smelling out a suit and sometimes comes she with a tithe pig's tail tickling a parson's nose as all lies asleep then dreams he of another benefice sometimes she driveth o'er a soldier's neck and then dreams he of cutting foreign throats of breeches ambuscados spanish blades of healths five fathom deep and then anon drums in his ears at which he starts and wakes and being thus frighted swears a prayer or two and sleeps again this is that very mab that plats the manes of horses in the night and bakes the elf-locks in foul sluttish hairs which once untangled much misfortune bodes this is the hag when maids lie on their backs that presses them and learns them first to bear making them women of good carriage this is she peace peace mercutio peace thou talkst of nothing true i talk of dreams which are the children of an idle brain begot of nothing but vain fantasy which is as thin of substance as the air and more inconsistent than the wind who woos even now the frozen bosom of the north and being angered puffs away from thence turning his face to the dew-dropping south the wind you talk of blows us from ourselves supper is done and we shall come too late i fear too early for my mind misgives some consequence yet hanging in the stars shall bitterly begin his fearful date with this night's revels and expire the term of a despised life closed in my breast by some vile forfeit of untimely death but he that hath the steerage of my course direct my sail on lusty gentlemen strike drum exeunt scene five a hall in capulet's house musicians waiting enter serving men with napkins where's potban that he helps not to take away he shift a trencher he scrape a trencher when good manners shall lie all in one or two men's hands they unwash too this a foul thing away with the joint stools remove the court cupboard look to the plate good though save me a piece of march pain and as thou lovest me let the porter let in susan grindstone and nell antony and pot Ban. Ay, boy, ready. You are looked for and called for, asked for and sought for in the great chamber. We cannot be here and there too. Cheerly, boys. Be brisk a while, and the longer liver take all. Enter Capulet with Juliet and others of his house, meeting the guests and maskers. Welcome, gentlemen. Ladies that have their toes unplagued with corns will have a bout with you ha ha my mistresses which of you all will now deny to dance she that makes dainty she i'll swear hath corns am i come near ye now welcome gentlemen i have seen the day that i have worn a visor and could tell a whispering tale in a fair lady's ear such as would please tis gone tis gone tis gone you are welcome gentlemen come musicians play a hall, a hall, give room, and foot it, girls. Music plays, and they dance. More light, you knaves, and turn the tables up, and quench the fire, the room has grown too hot. Ah, sirrah, this unlooked-for sport comes well. Nay, sit, nay, sit, good cousin Capulet. For you and I are past our dancing days. How long is it now since last yourself and I were in a mask? 
By her lady, thirty years. What, man, tis not so much, tis not so much. Tis since the nuptials of Lucentio. Come Pentecost as quickly as it will, some five and twenty years. And then we masked. Tis more, tis more. His son is elder, sir. His son is thirty. Will you tell me that? His son was but a war two years ago. To a serving man. What lady is that, which doth enrich the hand of yonder knight? I know not, sir. Oh, she doth teach the torches to burn bright. It seems she hangs upon the cheek of night like a rich jewel in an Ethiop's ear. Beauty too rich for use, for earth too dear. So shows a snowy dove trooping with crows, as yonder lady o'er her fellows shows. The measure done, I'll watch her place of stand, and, touching hers, make blessed my rude hand. Did my heart love till now? Forswear it, sight, for I ne'er saw true beauty till this night. This, by his voice, should be a Montague. Fetch me my rapier, boy. What dares the slave come hither, covered with antic face, to fleer and scorn at our solemnity? Now, by the stock in honour of my kin, to strike him dead, I hold it not a sin. Why, how now, kinsman? Wherefore storm you so? Uncle, this is a Montague, our foe, a villain that is hither come in spite, to scorn at our solemnity this night. Young Romeo, is it? Tis he, that villain Romeo. Content thee, gentle cuz, let him alone. He bears him like a portly gentleman, and, to say truth, Verona brags of him to be a virtuous and well-governed youth. I would not for the wealth of all the town here in my house do him disparagement, therefore be patient, take no note of him. It is my will, the which, if thou respect, show a fair presence, and put off these frowns, and ill-beseeming semblance for a feast. It fits. When such a villain is a guest, I'll not endure him. He shall be endured. What, goodman boy, I say he shall go to. Am I the master here, or you? Go to. You'll not endure him. God shall mend my soul. You'll make a mutiny among my guests. You will set cock a hoop. You'll be the man. Why, uncle, tis a shame. Go to, go to. You are a saucy boy. Is it so indeed? This trick may chance to scathe you. I know what. You must contrary me. Marry, tis time. Well said, my hearts. You are a princox. Go. Be quiet, or more light, more light. For shame, I'll make you quiet. What cheerily, my hearts? Patience perforce with wilful collar meeting makes my flesh tremble in their different greeting. I will withdraw, but this intrusion shall, now seeming sweet, convert to bitter gall. Exit. To Juliet. If I profane with my unworthiest hand this holy shrine, the gentle fine is this, my lips, too Blushing pilgrims ready stand to smooth that rough touch with a tender kiss. Good pilgrim, you do wrong your hand too much, which mannerly devotion shows in this, 
for saints have hands that pilgrim's hands do touch and palm to palm is holy palmer's kiss have not saints lips and holy palmers too ay pilgrim lips that they must use in prayer oh then dear saint let lips do what hands do they pray grant thou lest faith turn to despair saints do not move though grant for prayer's sake then move not while my prayer's effect i take thus from my lips by yours my sin is purged then have my lips the sin that they have took sin from thy lips oh trespass sweetly urged give me my sin again you kiss by the book madam your mother craves a word with you what is her mother marry bachelor her mother is the lady of the house and a good lady and a wise and virtuous i nursed her daughter that you talked with all i tell you he that can lay hold of her shall have the chinks she a capulet oh dear account my life is my foe's debt away be gone the sport is at the best i so i fear the more is my unrest nay gentlemen prepare not to be gone we have a trifling foolish banquet towards is it e'en so why then i thank you all i thank you honest gentlemen good night more torches here come on then let's to bed oh sirrah by my fay it waxes late i'll to my rest exeunt all but juliet and nurse come hither nurse what is yon gentleman the son and heir of old tiberio what's he that now is going out of door marry that i think be young petruchio what's he that follows there that would not dance i know not go ask his name if he be married my grave is like to be my wedding-bed his name is romeo and a montague the only son of your great enemy my only love sprung from my only hate too early seen unknown and known too late prodigious birth of love it is to me that i must love a loathed enemy what's this what's this a rhyme i learned even now of one i danced withal one calls within juliet anon anon come let's away the strangers all are gone exeunt end of act one